0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, one year ago, exactly one year ago today, Vladimir Putin, his allies, and his supporters were busy denying that there were any imminent plans to invade Ukraine within 24 hours uh, of this day, one year ago. All of that was proven to be lies, and it precipitated a humanitarian crisis the likes of which we haven't seen in Europe uh, since world war 2 uh, up to 13 to 14 million people displaced uh, about 8 million having fled the country and reports of 6 million there or thereabouts, internally displaced in Ukraine. Of course, up to 70,000 Ukrainians made their way to Ireland over the last year. Nadia Dobrianska was amongst them and she joins me now on the show. Nadia, it is good to talk to you again. Um, If we can start by going back to one year ago, a little over one year ago, the days and weeks leading up to the invasion, can you describe... Your life, what was going on, what fears you had as to what might happen next.
1: Hi, it's not nice to be back. Um, well, it's it's very difficult to look back to start with because it's a, it's all a big blur. I'm getting like flashbacks from the early days of the invasions already. But what was happening is that I was working at a human rights organization in Ukraine and we were doing contingency planning because it was obvious since the end of January that things were not like what we thought we, they were because Russia has been rattling on the on the border for years, so at first, I thought that it was just another cyber cyber rattling, and that's it just to raise the stakes and then go back. so we were doing uh training first aid I was planning uh, with my brother what' we'll, we're gonna do if there is an invasion, and we were thinking about thinking about different scenarios what what we shall do if there's a blackout what would we do if there um, there was an invasion on Kiev like this, and to be honest, I wasn't really thinking that it would be as bad.
0: And when did the realization dawn that actually this this is very very serious? I mean, were, were you kind of in denial right up until the moment that tanks and troops began to pour over the border, or or in the day two three days before did it become obvious what was going to happen?
1: To be honest, the, the scale of what happened, I, I didn't see it until it started happening. So what I was expecting from maybe a week before the full-scale invasion when Putin made this big anti-historical speech that Ukraine was an artificial state and all that. And um, that's when I realized that the war is definitely going to happen, like the escalation of the war that's been there since 2014. And I think I, I felt that uh, that this is all very serious at the end of January when a friend of Ireland messaged me and asked me seriously, do you think if Putin's going to invade? And I was like, Jesus, this I mean, the moods in Ukraine were very different, but I could see from the high the moods in the West were ra- ra- raising and from the warnings that were have been coming from from America, I realized that this time is different. Um, but I definitely didn't expect the full-scale invasion on all fronts, all along the border, on Kiev and Kharkiv and, and everywhere. And our planning was that if there was a full-scale invasion in on Kiev, we would go with my family to Lviv. And we realized the, the morning of 24th uh, that actually there is no place safe because Russia is shelling us with long-range missiles that can reach anywhere so until the 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 very date of the invasion, nobody could tell that how mm. bad it would be
0: and how soon after the twenty fourth did you and your family decide we we have to get out of the country and 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 when did you begin that process
1: So we left Kiev on the morning of the twenty fourth because I saw putin 's uh statement at ver pretty much the the time when it was aired at five a m and I woke up my family. I rang everybody, and we we left Kiev in the mor that that very morning. And I I decided that that we're going to Ireland after a week. So much a lot was going on. So there was siege of Mariupol, the Russians were trying to besiege uh, Chernihiv and they started to turn to target indiscriminately um civilian infrastructure. I was at the, in the countryside at the time in Jetomer region and we saw them them shelling a school and I understood that uh, we we have to go. There is no there is nowhere safe. And at the same time, I, we got an a invitation from a grassroots like, re, like grassroots volunteers in Ireland who rang me out of the blue and said, "Do you want to come with the family?" And I was like, "Yes, we do." Yeah. Uh,
0: and had you much time to to pack anything? Given how quickly you did it, it was a case of just grabbing what was close by. What did you bring?
1: Uh, I did have time because I. Um, I found out like the very moment when the war was in, uh, was announced uh, at five a.m. So I packed much of my belongings for my flat. Mm. So we weren't so we, we were we weren't caught up in the shelling like people in Mariupol, for example, or in Kherson, or straight away. We uh, Kiev was was a target, but we had these few hours to start b- to leave before that. So, but really, I I packed one one trunk. One one bag really, and these were like essential clothes, mm. and uh, some some of my valuables like my laptop, my flute, my uh, my notebooks, like something yeah. like that.
0: Uh, uh, can you describe Nadia the the journey out of Ukraine, and I suppose maybe what what feelings, what emotions were going through your minds?
1: You no, know, it was very difficult in a way because my parents were collaborating, but only so much. They didn't want to leave. Mm. And I was, um, I was very anxious about if they, would they have a breakdown and they decide at some point that they don't want to go. And this was exactly what was going on to my mother uh she was very unstable but she was the driver because my father was had having something like dementia but it wasn't dementia but we were we he was in very bad form just up to the invasion and so we it, it uh, th- so we went to Poland first knowing that we would fly from Poland to Ireland and It took us, I think, like three days from where we were in northern Ukraine in the countryside to get to two days pretty much to the border, then about four... (sighs) Like thirty something or forty something hours yeah. on the border up to Krakow, and we were dri- my mother was driving in the night uh, from Pshemishil from the it's on the border with Ukraine to Krakow because th- we couldn't get to sl- anywhere to sleep in in, in I was hoping that we just stay overnight and then make our way to Krakow, but the shelter for Ukrainians that they has been organized it was overcrowded. There were like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, and there was no accommodation. I was looking trying to look up on Airbnb or booking so we drove all that way to Krakow and stayed in the apartment of my friends but we almost crashed twice because my mother was falling asleep that was really terrifying and there was it was snowing like I've never seen such snow that flew like dragons into my eyes and you know I was sleep deprived yeah it's like the weather wasn't cooperating either (laughs) so it was terrifying but we were safe that was the only important thing.
0: And did you ever imagine that a, you'd you'd be here still a year later, talking about it? With I, I don't want to kind of sound too down about it, but with uh, no end in sight, certainly no short term end in sight.
1: Well, I agree with you. I mean, I'm I'm the one who look who's looking at this more pessimistically. Like I could see from day one that it's not going to end soon. Because of the, the aims, the Russian aims to destroy Ukrainian state and to, what they're doing in the occupied territories, re-educating children, putting them in for adoption in Russia and trying to wipe out Ukrainian museums, uh, cultural, our history, our language. Like they, they, what they're doing is they're trying to destroy my nation. So I don't see them stopping anytime soon unless they're defeated. And I could see that from early on, um, and when we came to ireland my co- my cousin's wife was with us and she was like oh i'm going to go home in a month in two uh she was really counting days to what she was imagining as safe return home but mm-hmm. i i was i was like that from day one and now i'm still i'm more optimistic maybe now having seen that ukrainian army can resist provided that we have enough proper weapons but it's indeed no no end in sight so far
0: Well listen, in a few minutes time we're going to be speaking to somebody on the ground uh, in Ukraine Uh, but in the meantime Nadia, it it has been great to talk to you again and I know lots of people listening uh, will be relieved as well to hear that uh, you're still doing well uh, here in Ireland. Nadia Dobrianska is a Ukrainian historian who, as she says, there uh, fled to Ireland, forced to flee to Ireland right at the outset of the war one year ago. Uh, tomorrow, tomorrow, the one-year anniversary of that full-scale invasion. The hard shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from four on News Talk.